You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 145 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm actually sitting in the dark, though. Why? The, the, the possums <laughs> that yes. live in my roof Ate through your electricity. They keep tripping a particular switch. And, Are you serious? Um, they yeah, know how to turn the lights they off. They know how to turn the lights off. So they very generously <laughs> leave the computers, the heater, all of that sort of stuff, but they they trip a line to uh, half the lights in the house. So um, I'm in pitch. I'm actually uh, podcasting by candlelight. It's lovely. They, it's romantic. They, they're getting back at you for trying to get rid of them. Well, but like they it's should like one of be those because Disney it's cartoons. Like I, I feed them, Val. I give mm. them food outside and uh, we're also creating a homes for them. So, you know, guys, come on, <laughs> put the lights right. back on. So, so what my happens, power bills are going to be so much lighter. What like, happens when that happens? Do you have to go and turn them back on? So the problem. Or do you have to negotiate with the possums? It's like this negotiation. So it'll go for a few days, and then, um, then like it'll. It's at the the uh, the fuse box. The 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 circuit trips like it switches off and then you can usually flick it back on and get the lights back on but like it won't flick back on but then randomly you can every few days so every few days I just and then it'll be there'll be power and and so there's this long and boring process that has to happen in stages to get them out of the roof get the roof fixed and now that I'm going away it can't it's just like you gotta like move I think I think so. I need like to seriously, you got to move. My doggies, and uh, yeah, go that's with just kangaroos t- instead of possums. It, that's just too bizarre for words. It's, it is. But- All right. Well, I have no possum problems. Uh, so <laughs> that to, to report. So there you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Now we have a shout out to cars, or rather C dot A dot R dot S dot cars. Not sure what that stands for, but uh, cars has left us a, re- a five star review on iTunes and has called uh, five star rating on iTunes and has called the review what can I say and Cars says I love listening to these ladies and I'm usually waiting impatiently for the next podcast to ding on my phone they are funny and informative and thank you for sharing your expertise and stories it makes driving to and from work more enjoyable what can I say but hashtag blessed (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) 
I love it. Thank you so much, Cars. We really appreciate you leaving us a review on iTunes and, of course, using that uh, fantastic hashtag, hashtag first. I'm waiting um, for that yoga beach babe a hashtag to come through yeah, next, Val. You never know. Uh, and if uh, any other listeners do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, this is episode 145, and this is a mini-sode. So it's a little snapshot. We call these our mini-sodes a little snapshot because it's a little snapshot into a, a particular short and succinct topic that we can cover in a in an episode length that's slightly shorter than our usual and regular programming. So this uh, week's mini-sode is actually inspired by a question that has been asked by Phil. Now, Phil said, quick idea for a mini-sode, how to do a good blog post, how many photos is too many, how long is too long, should the photos be telling the story through the word part or should they just be shown at the end? And that's, yeah, Phil's question. So that is a very good question, isn't it? It is a good question. Thank you very much for asking that question, Phil. And I actually do coach and mentor various people, uh, ranging from chiropractors to business coaches to many creatives, including photographers and artists, on how to build your profile. And part of that is to have some kind of blogging strategy where it's appropriate. Hmm. Now, I thought I would take this and first start with the very first thing you need to think of is that it depends on the purpose of your blog or the reason why you are blogging because some photographers just don't enjoy it and therefore they don't want to do it. But they're perfectly happy to spend their time posting their photos on Instagram and writing various captions and comments and and so on on Instagram. Hmm. So you really got to – if you're blogging, you shouldn't be doing it just because everyone told you that you should. You should be chronicling your your thoughts or your journey or showcasing your work through the medium that you will actually do. Because if you're forcing yourself to do a medium that you actually don't enjoy, then you're just not going to do it or you're going to do it not in a very good way. So when when people think of the kind of channels, should I be on Instagram? Should I be blogging? Should I be on Twitter? Should I whatever? The answer to that is not universal for everyone because it depends on your own behavior. You should choose the medium that you're actually going to do. I suspect that a lot of photographers will uh, find Instagram uh, an easy one to pick. But, you know, if you find that's not your bag, hey, do blogging then or whatever. But let's say you do have a blog because that is Phil's question. Now, there's two things here. There's actually where you blog for yourself and there's also where you guest blog for other people. So let's first take where you blog for yourself. Now, if you if you if you have your own blog, you need to determine well what is the purpose of your blog. And again, everyone is going to have a different reason because some people might want to blog in order to get more attract more eyeballs and to get more work in their particular niche, whether that niche is you know landscapes or animals, or whatever. Some people want to sell products, so they might be photographers, but they actually might sell products like like 
um, gear, you know, right. a, a certain kinds of gear, or they might uh, be selling workshops, or they might be selling live workshops, or they might be selling portrait sessions. It, yeah. You know, everyone's different. So if you're selling something, then the, the 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 strategy behind your blog needs to actually support whatever whatever it is you're selling, and it needs to showcase what it is you're selling to help you convert you know, uh, readers of the blog to those products or services. You might be catering to a particular demographic. For example, if you're a wedding photographer, then clearly your blog needs to focus on wedding and wedding related things and, and various weddings that you, um, that you shoot. But some people might only want, might, you know, quite honestly want to blog purely for themselves, not for any kind of, promotional or sales or conversion purpose. Maybe some people just want to blog their journey. You know, they like, just want to. like hashtag yoga beach babe? She just <laughs> blogs about her journey. She's not selling anything. It's just for her. Would that be an example of that, Val? I think that's how she started. But hashtag mm-hmm. yoga beach babe eventually realized that she could become an influencer. And therefore, a lot of her uh, posts are heavily curated. Uh-huh. Um, in, in fact, I'm reminded of an article, a great article that I read this week uh, by the person who was Taylor Swift's Instagrammer for a year. They had that job title. That was on well, their CV. I don't think it was necessarily on their business card or CV, but that's what they did all, for a year until wow. quite recently. And, in fact, so just as an aside, uh, so this this girl, she was the photographer or the Instagrammer for the year. She actually got a cat. Of course, all good things come from cats, right? They do. So she, That's she got true. A, yes. I believe it was a rescue cat. It's really cute. So she started – the cat started its own Instagram <laughs> account. And she obviously took really cute photos of this cat. And I, I believe she was like in a bathroom, like a, of a nightclub or something and waiting in line and Taylor Swift was behind her and saw – and she was looking at her phone, looking at her cute cat, which is exactly what I would do, be doing if I was waiting in line at the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And Taylor Swift happened to look at this um, – Look, look, no, no, look over her shoulder because Taylor Swift is quite tall. <laughs> so she, Taylor Swift must actually likes cats and she has cats of her own. She often flies her cats to, you know, wherever she is around the world so that she can hang out with her own cats. And she was ooing and ahhing over these photos of this cute cat. Anyway, they go to the bathroom. So they go to do what they do in their bathroom and as they emerge <laughs> from the cubicle, Taylor Swift says to this girl uh, something to the effect of, you know, I know this sounds really strange but I've got a really good vibe about this. Can you call so-and-so and gives her the card of one of her staff members? Can you call so-and-so on Monday? Um, I, I, I re- and she basically likes the look of this girl's photography. Wow. So, yeah, so the girl kind of was like, huh? <laughs> and, but, <laughs> but calls this person on the Monday and it turns out and and, and – eventually basically becomes 
Taylor Swift's Instagrammer for a year and gets flown all over the world, you know, um, to to hang out just at with friends to hang out at uh, um, obviously concerts when she's meeting fans, when she's, um, uh, you know, when she was with, when she was dating in some cases. Um, and this, the, the, the Instagrammer talks about how, you know, that Taylor Swift has a very clear understanding of the power of the visual and, you know, and obviously she does because she's willing to pay for somebody to um, uh, be her Instagrammer. And she ha- has a very clear understanding of how important visuals are and often those beautifully glamorous but oh-so-natural just-caught-me-doing-this kind of <laughs> shots. It t- took two hours to really to uh, to set up and to, 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 to capture just the right angle or just the right jump or just the right, you know, smile or whatever it was with her and her girl squad. And... Um, Obviously, the, the, the Instagrammer um, learnt a lot about life behind the scenes with Taylor Swift. Um, it sounds but like a reality it, show. That should be a reality yes, show. It, it should have been a reality show. But in the end, the, as the article goes, she says that um, after a year she decided, you know, she, she had to give it up because she really wanted to spend more time with her cat. <laughs> <laughs> And Taylor, Swift said, <laughs> and Taylor Swift said she totally understood. <laughs> oh, good on you, Taylor. So the takeaway from that story for me, Val, is yes. that if you want to break into celebrity Instagramming fame, Get hang around in um, bathrooms at A-list yeah. events and get a rescue cat. That's right. That's right. Let's get and you never know you where it might lead you. Yes. But anyway, that I digress, don't I? Because it's uh, worth it. Totally. Okay. I love that story. Love so, it. Um, so what I was saying is that some photographers don't aren't blogging for purposes of conversion or SEO or, or getting more eyeballs. They're doing it for themselves. They want to chronicle their own journey, their own development as a photographer. And if that's the case with you, that's fine. And you should just do – if you're just doing it for yourself, then you do whatever it is that you want. There are no rules. So my comments now are more specifically about if you're blogging for a particular reason, like to sell something or to get uh, noticed um, uh, so that people, more clients book you perhaps. So the way you should blog or, or write a blog post will depend on the purpose of your blog. And it will... Uh, and 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 you need to then make sure that you um, always have that in mind as you decide on what kind of blog post to write. So, if for example you are a wedding photographer and you really uh, are using your blog to hopefully get more clients, uh, brides and grooms, uh, so that you can shoot weddings, then there's kind of no point. Uh, uh, documenting uh, like having a how-to on architectural photography Mm. or 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 having a how-to on on gear because the the bride really doesn't care (laughs) about about the gear that you use it's very much what think about what 
it, it, presumably the bride is the person who's the decision maker and who is going to book you. So think about what the bride would want to know. Think about the kind of questions that they're likely to ask and incorporate them somehow in your blog post. So you might, in fact, talk about um, here is here here is what I do in usually uh, as the um, bridal party is getting ready. These are the kind of shots I I make sure I I are on my list, and these are the kind of things I do to help the bridesmaids and the bride and whoever feel comfortable. These are the kind of locations and so on. These are the do's and don'ts when you are having getting ready when the bridal party is getting ready. On the other hand, if you are an architectural photographer, you should showcase your experience and expertise in architecture. But one of the things I think Phil is also asking about is is where the words play into it. Mm. You know, do you put all the words at the front or do you and then followed by a whole heap of photos or do you or, or what? And, and well, what I want to know, mm. and I think a lot of photographers, because obviously we're photographers, our skill is in taking the pictures and yes. uh, some are fortunate that they can also write. Can everybody write? And, like, are, are we supposed to uh, write in uh, Shakespearean, like, you know, <laughs> beautifully grammatically correct <laughs> does it have to be all of that because i, I think, think that's what a know. lot of us get i know I, you already that's know the answer problem. to that but that's the, i think that's what um a lot of uh people uh, that's what puts a lot of people off blogging is okay, the thought so that it has to be a certain in a certain style High well, end. obviously it doesn't. You just <laughs> write how you talk. That's all. You simply write how you talk. And the that's other, the best the, advice one, that you ever gave me, Val. Yeah, just write how you talk. And now the, the, the one important thing to mention is that some photographers feel the need when they blog to write, you know, uh, Canon Mark III, um, uh, Canon or, or Canon 1DS or whatever, and then r- write – uh, the shutter speed and the ISO and the aperture and the, you know, all the specs. Now, mm. some photographers feel that's essential. Now, the thing is it depends on the purpose of your blog and who your mm. target market is. If your target market is tech heads and, you know, pro photographers, then then fine, especially if you are trying to sell gear or sell something to do with your technical expertise in, in that sense. But if it's, if it's a bra, she could not care less if it's a portrait if you're selling portraits those people could not care less if it's babies the babies could not care less what aperture Mm. you use neither could their mothers or their fathers (laughs) so you don't have to actually document that stuff if your target market isn't going to be into it and I think that what's important, if what a uh, what I feel a good blog post is for a photographer, and this is doesn't cover every single kind of blog post; it just covers many. Mm. Um, is 
you have an introductory explanation, which may be one or two paragraphs about whatever it is that you are talking about. So in other words, those one or two paragraphs essentially set the scene. Then you would follow it with your series of photos. But what I'm a big, big fan on of, a big fan, mm. is to have long captions for every photo. I think right. that it's a mistake to tell all of the story in several paragraphs at the front, followed by all of the photos and assume that people are going to match the photo to where you've mentioned it in the copy. They just don't. People cannot be bothered. So even if you say, when I took the photo of the red, whatever, don't write it, don't write it there at the top. And especially of your post, especially if the photograph of the red, whatever is seven photos down instead, just set the scene with your two paragraphs, then showcase your first photo and write a, in my opinion, a long caption. So I think that the biggest mistake photographers make is when they say, girl on train. (laughs) That's the caption. (laughs) Yeah, that's the caption. Or um, the Maldives at sunset. Instead, I think that people buy into it more if you can tell a little bit more background or story. Now, that story is going to be different for everyone. It's whatever it is that comes to mind for you. So you might say, I took this photo because, and if there was no because, it was just beautiful maybe, then it might just say, I, this is what I wanted to capture in this photo. So there could be, I took this photo because, there could be, this is what I wanted to capture in this photo. Mm. It could be, this image reminded me of whatever. Right. You know, so just think of things, something personal that you can bring to it that's not just, you know, I, I took this at this shutter speed at this aperture at this whatever. Yeah, and and it's almost like you're telling a friend about the shot, like with that yeah. kind of enthusiasm. So, like you know, the Maldives at sunset. It's like, oh my god, the rush to get this shot. You know, we yes. nearly veered off the road, and um, and then I found like I saw the sun was setting, and I quickly set up my tripod, and the sun was setting, and then the colours changed, and yep. you describe it in that way. And so um, you can talk about how you got the shot. That's another yep. one. So how you got the shot. Now sometimes there. May not be any drama. You may have just lifted your camera and taken a shot, so you don't you don't have a, a story behind it in that sense. If if you don't, that's fine as well. When the sh- if you if you subsequently like the shot, decide you want to feature it, you just say, "I wanted to feature this shot because," or "This shot uh, speaks to me because." So bring some element of yourself into it. And I I, I always cite the fact that um, one of the things that I highly encourage uh, a, a mentoree of mine she's an artist and and she said that the the one that one of the most valuable things that she got out of our mentoring relationship and advice was that I encouraged her to tell the stories behind her art and literally her I am not kidding. Her art mm. she that was selling for five and six thousand dollars is now selling for thirteen and fourteen thousand dollars. Whoa, that's and, amazing. Yeah, that's within six months. Wow. So, so it, it, because people resonate with the story behind yep. it and people are more likely to have a connection to it. And the same goes for the photography because photography is art. Yes. So I, I do think that um as a general rule, that structure kind of works. There are exceptions to the rule, of course, because it depends on, you know, exactly what kind of blog posts that you're you're putting out there. I think that sometimes what can be useful um, 
is also to include some behind the scenes shots. But what's very important there, we, when and and but behind the scenes shots is only useful if, for example, um, you that's important to your target market. So let's say you might be selling courses or you might be selling gear and you want to show how the gear is used, right? Right. You might include behind the scenes shots. What I think is super important when you're shooting or, or and showcasing behind the scenes shots. Um, is to make sure people very clearly understand they are behind the scenes. So they're almost like set up behind the scenes because what you don't want people to think is that they're the final shot. Right. And there's a, it's a mess, you know what I yes. mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, And yeah, you need to it. clearly caption it with behind the scenes at blah, 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 blah. So your caption yep. needs to also make it clear it's behind the scenes shot. So... There you go. That's wow. my two cents on how to blog as a photographer. And, um, yeah, I think that that's uh, something that's pretty straightforward kind of structure if you're not sure. If you already have your own structure and that works for you, that's fantastic, then you should keep at it. But if you've been wondering about a structure, then I hope that that is useful. Uh, yes, a couple you. of things to add to that, Val. So um, when uh, uh, photographers are blogging and they've got a market in mind, I think it's really important that like because the mistake I see a lot of photographers make is like you said, they actually blog for other photographers. So it's like the photo is being talked about like it's a photo that's going yes. to interest other photographers. So it's all about the specs and the gear and, and yep. everything yep. used. But if you uh, are a wedding photographer and you want to talk about your work and attract brides uh, to your blog, then I think what and, – and it makes it much easier to talk about work is talk in the shot. So, you know – Jane and John got married at the and always mention the location and if it was a venue, put the venue, put a link to the venue in. Uh, talk about the flowers and you know Jane looked at John and you know the, when when he said this that you know tell the story of the day. Everybody loves the story. If you're say uh, a photographer that's photographing swimming pools, that's your niche, right? And you mm. want to more clients to your website, then why don't you write about stuff that your clients are going to be interested in? So if you're a swimming pool photographer, why don't you do uh, a blog post about um, uh, the best ways to prepare your swimming pool for summer? Now, these are going to be, you know, people who have swimming pools are going to be able to read that blog post and learn something and think, well, next time I want my swimming pool photographed, you know, maybe this guy can photograph it or girl. If you're a maybe a headshot photographer, a great idea for a blog post is uh, he, here are, you know, um, five top, uh, the, the five best outfits to wear when you're having a headshot. And mm. to give reasons like, you know, if you've got blue eyes, wear a blue T-shirt, you know, stuff like that. So that, that people who are looking for headshot advice on headshots might then uh, stumble back to your website and if you happen to be in their area then that might uh, you know draw them to you so anything that can add value to uh, the niche that you're in uh, people that are, are looking for photographers in that area it's going to drive uh, more traffic to that particular blog post and uh, you know of course you said uh, the importance of 
the storytelling and uh you know from from my perspective the the, the importance of uh showing your personality it's a great way it's a hard to show personality in a photo uh you can sort of but it's like when you add the words you can show a bit more of yourself so it's like when i write i re- i exactly how i speak that's how i write my <laughs> And it makes it so easy. And um, the final uh, bit of advice that I have is like get get a journal, like an old school book, like a notebook with a pen. Keep it with you. Keep it with your camera bag. And each time you take a shot, just write some notes about what happened on that day, you know, little points of interest, where you were and, uh, you know, things that happened. And if you can try and sit down and write something every day, it gets so much easier the the flow you know starts and it's a lot easier to write rather than um you know every three months you go oh, i've got to write 15 blog posts to keep me going it's a lot easier to do it daily or weekly than it is to try and do it in like you know fits and starts mm, yeah absolutely all right well i hope that's useful for you tim and if you do have a question that you would no, oh, sorry. Did I just call you? I just called you Tim. Goodness me. <laughs> um, I hope that's useful for you, Phil. And of course, if anyone else has a question that they that that they would like us to cover in a upcoming snapshot minisode, then do email us news at ginamilitia.com. So this brings us to the end of this week's minisode. Uh, where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and you can find me at Gina Militia on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube, Val. What about you? I'm at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram, and, of course, I'm on Facebook in the podcast community for listeners. And if you haven't joined that yet, it's free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and uh, and check us out there. It'd be great to um, have you in there. Also, if you haven't already signed up to Gina's newsletter, make sure you do that at ginamilitia.com. It's an awesome newsletter that's every fortnight and packed full of incredible insights from Gina herself, written in the way that she talks, of course. <laughs> and um, and, and uh, newsletter subscribers get uh, exclusive things things that other people don't like free Lightroom presets. So make sure you join ASAP in order to take advantage of that. So thanks so much for listening to this week's Snapshot and we will be back to regular programming soon. So yeah, thanks a lot and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.